This is the Check It Out podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. I'm Troy Swanson. I'm Tish Hayes. And we are continuing our series of podcasts about our upcoming graphic novel symposium. We are joined by Eric Lagatuda from Humanities and Fine Arts. Eric, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and we're going to jump right in, Eric. Uh, we're going to talk about graphic novels. Maybe you could start us off with maybe definition and how you think about the art form. Well, I was thinking about this, and um, <coughs> excuse me, um, I I do teach um, in my drawing two class um, a little mini lesson, a unit on uh, visual storytelling. A lot of students do comics, um, and so um, I usually start with Scott McCloud's definition of comics, okay. um, which is uh, and Scott McCloud, if you're not aware of who he is, is an American comic book. Um, writer and theorist who wrote a book called Understanding Comics sometime in the 90s. Which, which is, we have in the library. Yes, indeed. Um, probably the, the seminal theoretical work on comics and how they work, written in the form of a comic. It's a great book. I recommend it to anybody and everybody, especially visual artists of any mm -hmm. medium. Mm -hmm. um, his definition of comics, or as he calls it, sequential art, in an effort to kind of elevate it above some of the pejorative things that go associated with comics, is juxtaposed pictorial and other images in deliberate sequence intended to convey information and or to produce an aesthetic response in the viewer, unquote. Okay. Which is a very wordy uh, uh, kind of definition, and I usually break that down. It's simpler in my own words. I would say comics is telling a story with a series of still pictures that the reader views in a specific order. Right? Okay. And you can unpack each of those phrases and get a little, a lot more detail about what each of those things mean. But that's really what it boils down to. Um, comics is different from the other media to which it's related, namely the written word, literature, uh -huh. and film. Right, And it has similarities to both of those things. But comics, my argument is, is essentially different from both of those things in the way that it operates. Okay. Um, and so sim similarities but differences. Yeah. Um, you know, in the most superficial way, um, there's just a lot less information in a given comic than there would be in uh, a, a written work that told the same story or a film that told the same story, right? Mm -hmm. The, um, in a written work, you'd have perhaps many, many thousands of words that, that told a certain chunk of story. In a film, you'd have millions of images and recorded sound uh, that, that told a story. In the comic, the artist has to choose only a few images and a few words and arrange them in a sequence on a page or on a screen. And they have to make mm, a much more intensive editing process to decide which are the essential images you need, the essential words, if any, that you need to get this story across, right? I like that concept of editing. Yeah, really. I mean, in a sense, you can say comics is about extreme editing um, in that sense. Um, and the, what, what part of what makes comics essentially different from those other media is that the majority of the story that's happening is not in the pictures themselves like it would be in a film where you're seeing all those millions of pictures that look like moving images and reality happening in front of your eyes. Instead, you only have a couple of pictures next to each other. And the rest of the story takes place in the gutter, the space in between the panels on the page, right? right? And those are interesting because McCloud defines the panel versus the gutter. Right, the panel is the space in between. And, you know, there may not even literally be a space, but there, sometimes there is right. a space between the panels. Metaphorically speaking, what he means is the majority of the story is taking place inside the reader's head, 
Right. right. They're, they're receiving a few images, a few words, and they're telling themselves the rest of the story. So when you move from panel to panel, however the artist wants you to do that, you're building that in your head and right. making it work as a right. story. You, you are the majority of the story you are telling yourself. Um, you're taking your experiences, your memories of the rea of reality, mm -hmm. um, of other stories you've seen and read, and you're filling in the rest of the story in your head. Um, in between the panels, he calls that process closure. Closure. Yes. Okay. And um, he identifies six different types of closure, and other theorists posit different types, and sure. there's some discussion and argument around this, but I mm -hmm. like the six basic types of closure he talks about, and I won't go through all of them in great detail right now, but a couple of them just to get a flavor for what he's talking about. Okay. Um, uh, so let's say I've got, um, you know, when I break it down for my students, I talk about in this panel you have a noun and a verb, right? Okay. You have an image of some subject and you, they're doing something, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when you take a drawing of Troy sitting in a chair, <laughs> sleeping, or right. whatever, um, that's, so uh, exciting. that's the noun and the verb, Troy sitting in a chair, let's say, okay. uh, panel one. Panel two, we have Troy sitting in a chair, but two minutes have passed and he hasn't moved, right? Okay, <laughs> so the same noun and the same verb in the two different panels, we call that a moment-to-moment -moment transition. The only thing that has changed is time, right? right? Mm -hmm. And we interpret, you could, you could have, okay, so sorry, to go down this path, mm -hmm. you have Troy sitting in a chair. Yeah. Panel two, so, sorry, panel one, Troy sitting in a chair, eyes open. Yes. Panel two, Troy sitting in a chair, eyes closed. Right. Panel three, Troy on his back, chair tipped over. <laughs> right. And a viewer would maybe interpret Troy fell asleep, right? It's a difference, it, right? Yes, or, or that, that's right? great. And so that, that second panel, though, that you said, Troy sitting in a chair, eyes closed, right? That's the same noun, but a new verb. The eyes have closed, right? Which may even suggest to the reader that the Troy fell asleep. So that's not moment to moment. That's that's action to action. Oh, action. Same uh, noun. Okay. No, that's good. It translates into the next one. It's the same noun, okay. but now a new verb, right? So if your gotcha. noun has not changed, you've got your same subject, but you've got a new verb you have to use to describe the picture. You've now gone gone. Now you still have one moment followed by another moment. But the, since there's a new action, we call it action to action instead of moment to moment. Ah, got right? it, got it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, if then we had panel of Troy sitting in a chair, panel of Troy, eyes closed, and then in the next panel we had a picture of the clock on the wall, right? Okay. Um, that would be what we call a subject to subject transition when we move from Troy to the clock, gotcha. right? Okay. Um, yeah, right. So. And there's three more of them. I don't yeah. know if we want to go into uh, great I think for detail the top, with all time of, of the podcast, yeah. we can encourage our listeners to check out the book in the library. For sure, right, absolutely. Definitely. It's a really, really great book. But you know, when I when you're talking about this, you know, it, it just reminds me that there are different ways to get from point A to point B. And so, like what you're talking about is really how we move through comics. Kind of is that kind of what you're getting to? This um, idea of closure is is not just like what's happening on the panel, but how we're moving through time or space or... Yeah, that's a, you know, or is that a totally different thing? Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, the, the process of closure it, it, you know, touches on what Aristotle's definition, right? The sum is, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? Is that the right way to say it? Um, and that happens, as you say, in a specific order, mm -hmm. right? And um, that can be a really complicated topic because some comics are, are strictly linear, Mm -hmm. And Scott McCloud gets into this stuff too, where you know you know which panel to read first and which to read next. 
but when you have a whole bunch of images on a page, you're receiving time in weird ways. You mm -hmm. see it sequentially, and you see that one, one beat of closure to the next beat of closure, and you get the story that way. And a good artist will create a vector through the page to lead your eye just along that pattern of closure to get their story right. But then because you're viewing the page as a whole unit, mm -hmm. you also, time is also, um, uh, you know, simultaneous for all of those images. They're all on the page at once, which is right. very different from mm -hmm. a film. You're right, right, right. right. Um, and even different from literature, because even though that, that's true of a book, you, you never... You never un look at a whole page of writing unless you're a super speed reader and understand all of those words at once, which you actually sometimes do with a comic. And that's a that's a topic that McLeod goes into in, in the book also in great detail. But it's it's something that means that the the principles of design and composition mm -hmm. of of a single page of comics. Um, impact the storytelling in ways that that move us a little bit beyond just the pure moment-to-moment -moment set of you know closure you, you have stories happening on multiple levels right, mm -hmm. right. you have the the, the 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 closure story the moment-to-moment -moment thing and then you have the whole page as a story right. um, and, and so it's 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 a layered thing which again is unique to comics you don't you don't usually have things like that happen in literature and film in the way that they happen on a comics page right yeah. And I'm sure, just like any art form, there's artists that are more or less skilled with some of these in, techniques. Indeed, so, indeed. Right, yeah, you can see somebody who's thinking about the page as a whole unit, and you can see an artist that's not. Right. And, you know, <laughs> um, sometimes the stories will still work, but then the, there's these profoundly more interesting levels you can get when you're talking right. about the whole page as a, as a unit of itself. And I think yeah. what's interesting about, I mean, about most art forms is that you, have, you see people who do it well and, and functionally, but then people who are really great tend to be able to break the form in a way that is new and exciting oh, um, yeah. and helps you see maybe comics in a different way mm -hmm. or can just do things with the form that are unexpected, yeah. which someone who's a novice may not be able to do. Um, yeah. But I think that's often what separates great literature, like things that are experimental and new and breaking the form to make new yeah. novels. And you see that in comics as well, people who break the form to right. create something that's right. new and maybe shocking and upsetting to people, right. but still and fascinating. From a, from a pure uh, storytelling point of view, mm -hmm. I think that the, the difference there lies in b between an artist who's creating a comics story that looks like other comic stories they've read before, mm -hmm. right? And it has a basic sequence of images and that's that kind of closure. And, and then you have artists who are saying, they're, they're, they're breaking down for themselves, oh, this is, this is how comics work. This is what makes them unique. Mm -hmm. Um, and different from just the written word or film, and then they're, they're when they when they have that understanding of it, then they're trying to put that into the page in a way that reflects what's happening in their brain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that may not be in comics they've seen before, but comes from a profound understanding of what's happening when you read a comic, um, and then translating that onto the page. Um, and this is where I can get much more philosophical about this and and, and make this argument that I have that it, on one level, um, comics are the form of, of storytelling that's closest to the pure language of thought. Okay. Um, so, I'm make, sure, so make that argument. I, I, I'm Let's sure that there would be some literature teachers and some filmmakers that would disagree with me on this, <laughs> but I um, basically, if you take a look at um, uh, the, uh, the Harvard, I think he said Harvard, uh, Steven Pinker, the, the psychologist, um, yeah. and he talks about how we don't think in language, we think in what he calls thought ease, right? We have a series of very simplified memories in our head, simplified images, 
right? We have we experience reality, but that we translate it in our memories. We simplify it, right? In a similar way to the what a cartoonist does, where they may draw reality, but then they simplify it down, right? Mm-hmm. And when we remember uh, events, we don't remember them as whole sentences and grammars. We remember them as just a few words, right? Um, isolated words, right? Okay. And so uh, when we think about a story, we're an artist and we want to tell a story, we think about it in thought ease. We have these simplified images, simplified words, we imagine the story happening. It's not a, a fully formed film in our heads of reality. It's this pared down, simplified thing. A juxtaposition of simple images and words sounds similar to yeah. the definition yeah. of comics. So what the artist then does is basically translates onto the page the images and words and it really pairs it down to the, just the essential ones that are needed for the reader to then look at them and fill in the rest of the story in their head, which is all purely in the language of thought because it's happening inside their head. Right. right? A film is a simulation of lived reality, much more so than a comic is. And a piece of literature is a simulation of the spoken word, right? right. Which is different from the way we think, right? right? Or and experience reality. Right. So, um, okay, so, uh, so in this sense, we, I can make the argument that, um, that even though all artists, whether they're telling stories with just words or with film or with comics, um, all artists are, um, you know, performing some act of telepathy. They're taking thoughts in their brain and trying to get those thoughts into the, the right. re- viewer's or the reader's brain. What the comic artist is doing is actually putting down on the page uh, a form which is closer to the pure language of thought than either just words or film is. Oh, and I really like that definition because, um, you know, there's so many people that look at comic books as simplified novels. Oh, right. it's a novel with pictures, so it's easier, and therefore they, you know, kind of knock the art form. Right. Or they see it as just um, a cheaper version of a film. Like, oh, you right. can make a whole film yeah. to draw a comic book. And the irony is... I've and I think it, it does stand alone, right? It's its it own form that deserves yeah. its credit. Absolutely. And, and um, it, it stands alone. You know, there's, there's many, many more things we could say about it, but, but this notion of how it's closer to the language of thought I think is a really interesting one because it impacts um, a really good artist, one that's trying to break barriers is able to use comics in that way to do something that that people just really can't do easily in film or in, in words which is which is to get uh, the reader feeling like they are inside the head of that storyteller right they're not just receiving a narrative this happened then that happened then that happened and usually literature is posited as the form that's best at this because you can really sort of spin out, you know, all these things about the, the characters' inner lives in, that's in that way. Um, and uh, in, a, in a certain sense, what I'm arguing, though, is that in the comics page, it's not that we're ne- necessarily getting inside the head of the characters more. We're getting inside the head of the artist, right? right? These are the images and the words pared down to their barest essential form, and these are the styles that the person sees it in their brain. And you're just getting the bare essential skeleton of images and words, and the rest of the story is happening inside your brain. Yep. That happens in film and, and literature, but not the same way as and, with And there's even an argument with, that McCloud makes, I think, that the more abstract the comic is, the better. Like, if, it, if, a, if you made a comic book out of actual still photographs, it wouldn't play the same because you're not building that, that up in yourself. And, I, and I'm sure yeah, you could do it. Yeah. I don't do think it, he makes a qualitative judgment. Quite that much. You're right. He, no, you're he, right. he does show examples of photo comics. I mean, you can yeah, make a comic with photographs. Mm-hmm. But what he talks about in his book is the masking effect, 
Okay. Um, where the more simplified an image is, the less we perceive it as a representation of external reality, and the more we perceive it as the way that we we we, we think about those right. images in our head. Exactly what I was saying. It's simplified from reality. Yeah. yeah. So when we have a very cartoony, simplified character, um, when we see that character on the page, it 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 represents to us not this is the way people look outside of me. It represents to us, this is the way it feels to be me. Yeah. So a simple little smiley face with a line and a word, and, and a line for a mouth and a couple of eyes, we enter that character and we stand behind it and that becomes a mask in front of us. Gotcha. When we think of our own perception of our bodies and we think of our own faces, it's just a sim couple of points in a line, right? The way that we think about it in our heads. And so that cartoon on the page then begins to become closer to thought ease in the way that I'm explaining right. it. And, yeah, um, I like it. McLeod talks about how in Japanese comics the, the protagonists will be simplified cartoon characters and sometimes the characters they meet on the road will be photorealistic. Right? So there's this very self-conscious use of the masking effect there to put the cartoony character to have that be the one that the reader steps into, occupies, puts on as a costume, and, and starts to move through reality. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, let me say thanks for um, spending the time with us on this and give a quick uh, plug for our graphic novel symposium, which will be this September, uh, September 18th and 19th, and Eric will be our, one of our featured lecturers faculty lecturers on Thursday, um, expounding on, I'm sure, some of these ideas and maybe showing examples and giving yeah. us uh, more depth. Definitely. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay. Thanks thank so much for having me. Thank you.